Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Thank you for joining us here on Nerds from the Crypt, the podcast that reviews your favorite horror movies, books, and comics. We also interview indie creators about their upcoming horror projects. And today we have a really great episode for you. But before we do start, I want to go ahead and give a big thank to Josh and Liz from a Bloody Date Night for coming on and helping us review Summer of 84. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that episode will be out the next couple of days. Um, how are you doing, Greg? I'm doing good. I'm awake I, and I'm here. I uh, forgot to even uh, introduce you today. That's all right. They, people know that I'm 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 here some days and I'm here not some days. Or well, some days I'm not. When those days happen, David's here. David's not here. Ha! Ah! So I'm here. Unless well, David and I are both here, and that's really really weird. I, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's very rare for that happen. No, no, it happens. It happens. It happens. But um, today is actually, I guess, technically a second part from a previous episode that we did. Yes. And I had previously already. Um, I said that this was going to happen, but, you know, technical difficulties happened and then work got in the way and, well, we're finally getting, getting around to it. Yeah, life got it to it. Today, we're going to go ahead and, and welcome K. Patrick Glover into the crypt to be able to talk to us about In the Blink of an Eye. It's an yes. anthology horror series um, based on the winning independent film Butterfly Kisses. So you guys remember that, that episode. Um, how are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Before we even start on getting into in, in the blink of an eye, wanted to see what your um, you know background with horror is. How, how did you get to be part of this genre? Well, um, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm old. I'm in my early fifties now. Um, so back when I was a kid, we didn't have uh, cable TV or internet streaming or anything like that. We had four local stations. But what we did have um, on Friday and Saturday nights, um, the local independent stations would run these great uh, um, ghost host and and horror movie type of uh, you know the other time they had the host and the makeup dressed up as a vampire or something, and they'd run these old horror movies. Kind so of like horror, yeah, kind of like that, but local versions, not a national version mm-hmm. so, so the, in channel 20 out of dc it was the same guy who did the kids programming in the afternoon in a different costume <laughs> he was captain c during the day and he was count something or another at night and uh they would run all the old universal monster movies they would run some of the hammer stuff um and a lot of really really questionable b movies from in between a lot of, uh-huh. a lot of great stuff to keep you open when you're a kid nice so, uh, what was your favorite, um, I guess, movie or 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 series growing up? Um, <clears throat> you know, probably Rod Serling's Night Gallery. Oh yeah, that was a uh, that was really brilliant stuff. To, to my mind, that was a lot more fun than the Twilight Zone. I really enjoy both of them, but I enjoy Night Gallery more because it's more horror oriented rather than yeah. the, like the sci-fi fantasy of the Twilight Zone. Although I have, I gotta say, I have seen more of the Twilight Zone than I have seen of <laughs> Night Gallery. Oh, I've got both sets on my shelf here. Well, did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that they're um, rebooting it or remaking it? I did. I'll uh, I'll hold my judgment until I actually <laughs> see it. <laughs> You have to though. You have to. You, I mean, you have to wait until you you get that product and and uh, and then you're like, oh, 
okay well it's either it's either on or it's 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 different and you can yeah go from there i mean did you oddly, oddly enough twilight zone's fairly easy to recapture the feel of but night gallery mm-hmm. was really specific in the way it was yeah it was set up and i'm not sure how well a reboot's gonna work there yeah i was gonna say that did you watch the the new twilight zone i've seen a, i've seen an episode or two i I've got quite a few kids in the house, so I don't get to watch as much as I'd like anymore. <laughs> um, I did. I did enjoy. I enjoyed the the uh, the first episode, the one about the stand up comic, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel just right to me. You know, it's like kind of half half ready. They should have done a little bit more work on the comedy aspect of the script. I think we actually reviewed the first two episodes, and we enjoyed the the first two episodes. Um, I haven't even asked Greg what he thought about the rest of the season, but. Uh, the, for me, I enjoyed most of the season. There were still a couple of episodes that didn't hit the mark or were too mm. on the nose for me. Mm. Um, but no, for the most part, I did. I did enjoy it. Same, same. I, that'll definitely be in a whole episode in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we're here to talk about the Kickstarter pro, um, campaign in the blink of an eye. What um, yes. What can you tell us about in the blink of an eye? Eric Christopher Myers, uh, who I think you had on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote and directed a film called Butterfly Kisses that is this absolutely brilliant piece of found footage slash documentary. It's a film within a film within a film. It's got three different layers. Um, and one of those layers involves um, this myth or urban legend of a character called the Blink Man or Peeping Tom that says that if you stand in a certain tunnel in Ellicott City right at midnight and you can stare down that tunnel for a solid hour without blinking you'll kind of open a portal to another world and this creature will come out and then every time you blink he gets closer and closer and closer till he eventually gets you now with that film he gave us just enough to be really intriguing but then didn't give us any more in the mythology and when i watched it all i could think other than wow, this is brilliant, is there's so much more there. So I sat down with him uh, early this year and basically pitched the idea of doing a, um, a book about the myth where we would have different stories set in different time periods um, back from the very building of the tunnel all the way up to modern day that would kind of fill in the gaps in the history of the Blink Man. Um, and he thought it was a good idea, so so we went ahead and I started contacting write, writers, and uh, we've got this book coming out. We've got 12 different stories set in 12 different time periods, um, all with different styles, and uh, I think it really holds together, and it really adds to the myth of the Blink Man. Now, did you, cool. did you all set up a, um, what I would say, guidelines as to where everyone had to stay within or anything like that, or um, how did you all take care of that? There weren't a lot of guidelines. Um, because we're dealing with myth, it, it's fairly clear within the structure of the book that these stories may have happened or may not have happened. That there, Every story has its own little introduction as to how it was found or how it was uh, unearthed. So we're, we're still playing with the conceit from the film that this is all real mythology. Gotcha. Okay. That, um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So some of the stories could be apocryphal. Some of them could be true. Uh-huh. We even have a sort of origin story starting the book off that may or may not be how Tom was created. Oh, okay, awesome. That yeah, that was one thing that we that we um, when we talked to Eric about was that 
we didn't we actually don't get to see a lot of the myth even though it mm-hmm. is a, a, a big portion of the movie or uh, once a main portion um i guess backbone of the movie yeah um we don't get to know much more of the blink man or peeping tom um other than that he's coming for for the the um the people and you know right. the, the actual story is you know getting people to believe them <laughs> yeah it's like they pepper they pepper the story the, the, the film with the idea enough to make you hungry for it so if you've watched the movie or if you do you know, like if, if somebody listens to this and they go watch the movie they're gonna want to they're gonna have that that hunger for it like Saul and i had because it was like oh what's wh- where did he come from <laughs> what's going on yeah if you haven't seen the movie um you definitely should should you know sign off this podcast when you're done listening to it and go watch the movie right now. It does yeah. have international distribution now. Ooh. So it's, oh, nice. avail- it's available in the U S on, on Amazon prime. It's also available in the UK and I think Canada on Amazon prime, but it's available on I think Vimeo and iTunes worldwide. Oh, oh wow. nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, it, definitely worth the time to, to to go out especially if you have amazon prime because it's included in yeah in, in with with your amazon prime subscription um and then if you don't have amazon prime you can actually rent it or purchase it there um from from amazon yep, yep. um so what can you tell us um well, we have the background now so what can you tell us uh what else can you tell us about the the project okay let me start with who's in it um we've got We've got 12 writers working on it. I did a story for it. Eric himself has done a story for it. Um, Seth Adam Kallick, who plays um, Gavin in the film, The Star, wrote uh-huh. a story for it. He's also a novelist. Oh, that's cool. Um, Matt Lake, who plays himself in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, the guy from the Weird Maryland and Weird Pennsylvania. He did a story uh-huh. for the book. Uh-huh. Um, then we've got uh, Megan Morgan. Uh, who's a, a local sci-fi novelist. She wrote a book called The Altered Wake, which is absolutely brilliant. She did one of the stories for it. Um, we've got Steve Tose and Will Cooper, who are authors I have worked with on other projects. They're both based in the UK. Um, they're both excellent horror writers. In fact, Steve, Steve Tose has a piece in the uh, uh, Best Horror of the Year anthology. It's getting ready to come out. We've got Shelley Davis Wygand, who is a local um, historian and folklorist. Uh, she wrote the book Haunted Ellicott City, uh, which has a chapter on the Blink Man. Um, she, did a, she did a piece for the book. Um, we've got a couple of uh, other actors who decided to, they wanted to do some, some writing. We've got Paul Cyber, who probably best known for um, Starship Farragut, which is like a, Starship, or a Star Trek spinoff online. Yeah. Oh, nice. okay. um, and we've got Jacob Ledoux, who is, he's the star of another local horror film that, that just came out uh, earlier this year called Eight Ball Clown. Um, he did a piece for it. Um, Patrick Stork, he's probably got the most interesting background that we've got here. He's, he's a writer of comics for Disney. Um, oh. <laughs> he's, he's done Muppet comics and Disney princess comics and stuff like uh-huh. that. This is his first horror piece. And he knocks it out of the park. He's got a fantastic story in this set during the... Uh, the race riots in the sixties. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I love it when people do something that's way out of their, the, what you know them for. So yeah. this, this will be a treat. And then we got Joseph Richardson, who's a writer, but he's also a, uh, an artist and a filmmaker. He did some of the, some of the um, artwork of butterfly kisses, but he's probably best known for working on video games for Lucas arts. Huh. Oh, nice. 
Gee, I just uh, looked up uh, Patrick Stork. He's <laughs> 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 got Muppets Snow White, Muppets Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, oh, that's a brilliant series, by the way. A little four-issue miniseries with uh, with Gonzo as Sherlock Holmes it's, and Fozzie as Watson. It's just great. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Yes. Um, so so we got 12, 12 um, authors or creators, yep. I guess, in, in this book. Um, how did you come around obtaining these these um well 12 other than yourself and eric of course because you know you're, you're already tied to the project but uh, how about the other the other 10 i guess even matt lake was kind of already involved yes, in the so, project and, and so was so was seth because they were both tied oh to, yeah that's right to the butterfly mm-hmm. clusters um you know we were originally going to put out a, a a kind of a wide cattle call for submissions mm-hmm. um but we, we started going to to our first choice people and you know people he knew who wanted to be involved and people i knew who wanted to be involved and we had a full book full of great stories before I even got a chance to put that out. So we may do that for a second volume a little bit down the line. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. But these are, these are all people kind of handpicked by, by Eric or I. I guess that's, that's, a, that's, a good, um, that's a good problem to have where you have too many stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the ability to like build up, uh, build up your base right there with you know, the, the mythology as well as a fan base that's hungry for this story, so that's cool. And they they really go go straight through time. The uh, Shelley Shelley Davis Wygant story takes place in 1903 during the construction of the tunnel. Oh, okay. um, now is that the is that what's going to be considered the the um, possible I origin? Guess, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gives us a, a possible origin for for Tom. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's that opens the book, and the book is told in, in chronological order by date. So the last story in the book takes place actually after the release of the film Butterfly Kisses. Okay, awesome, awesome. Story through time. <laughs> well, it, it, that enabled us to do little things like in, 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 in my story, which is the second story in the book, it makes a couple of passing references to characters from Shelley's story, or events oh. from Shelley's story. And that kind of thing folds through the stories as you go, so it gives it a, a feeling of continuity. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take the, doesn't take the reader out when you've got a jumbled you got a you got a complete storyline but it's all jumbled up I, I've seen yeah. I've seen books like that and it's like oh as a reader you're you're just like okay I now I have to go back and jump through stories to get the meaning of that so right. that's nice that you did it one continuous through through line um, we've got a lot of playing with format Seth's story uh, in particular feels like an episode of the old Tales from the Crypt TV show oh nice. Sold- <laughs> uh, my story i went with a with a lovecraftian type of story but i also tar- told or tied in um carcosa and the king in yellow myth from robert chambers uh, king in the king in yellow didn't we just talk about that we did we did it's a uh, it's it, when you said when you said uh lovecraftian i was like i was waiting for Saul to be like okay <laughs> it always it's ties back it. yeah the, it always the tight- ties back <laughs> the title of my story is in the court of the yellow king. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, I feel we feel always like we always end up uh, tying back to to H.P. Lovecraft, no matter uh, no matter what what project we end up talking about. <laughs> well, there's there's some sort of time. influential. I mean, yeah. he's incredibly problematic in many ways. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, as as much as I admire some of the stuff he's created, he wasn't a very good writer. <laughs> True, <laughs> but but there's so much amazing stuff that's come out of out of his work, um, mm-hmm. and part of that I think was was his ability to build a, a, a collaborative community. 
Um, at the time he was he was writing those stories, he was also inviting other writers to work in his mythos, kind of the mm -hmm. same way that Eric has done with with the Blink Man. Oh yeah. Um, so he was he was building Robert Howard and and August Derleth and all were writing these Cthulhu stories back while Lovecraft was still writing them. Um, all based off of the, these amazing ideas in Lovecraft's mind. In many cases, they were writing stories much better than what Lovecraft himself was writing. <laughs> um, I don't know how much Lovecraft you guys have read. Uh, I haven't read a lot, but I've I've um, come across a lot of uh, properties based on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got theme. so many great ideas. But when you go back and read his original short stories, they feel like you're reading a synopsis of a longer work. There's oh no, yeah, no. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of. It, it, it's just like a description of what happened. It's 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 a really odd style of writing. It's very hard for a lot of people mm -hmm. to get into. I think the first project or the first um, story that I read that was very much inspired by H.P. Lovecraft was um, Jerusalem's Lot, which was the prequel to Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot, King. yes. Mm -hmm. I'm a uh, big Stephen King fan. Yeah. <laughs> You'll fit right in here. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. So that that was the first one, and then um, I, when we started this podcast, we weren't intentionally looking for for projects based off H.P. Lovecraft, but it's just like I feel like every other project um, has some sort of um, inspiration of it, or some sort of take on a, a story by H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, it's peppered in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's one of the founding fathers of the genre. You can't really do horror outside of your generic monsters or slashers without mm -hmm. referencing Lovecraft in some way. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that whole mysterious written by somebody and the, the thing is lost. And I mean, it's all all uh, Lovecraftian. Mm -hmm. He created m most of the tropes that we're still working with today. Okay. What I did like what you said is that it's more it's more like um, just recounting of tales that people have been telling over the years and yeah um, kind of the conceit of the book is is you know one tale might be you know somebody uh, a friend of a friend this happened to and they told it to us so we got a writer mm -hmm. to write it down or this piece was found in an old journal in an attic in Ellicott City someplace or nice. every, every story has its own providence but it all it all ties back to rumors and hearsay. Nothing is nothing is presented as definite. So now, since we, um, well, since you all are doing this through Kickstarter, what are some of the rewards that people can look forward to and um, and I guess signing up for? Yeah, tell us about the goods. <laughs> well, primarily, you're looking at the book. Um, the The main thing is the uh, we have a standard, standard trade paperback copy of the book. We have a um, you know digital copy to the book at one level. Um, we have. The, the deluxe hardcover edition at one level. Um, we've got bumper stickers. Uh, we're toying with the idea of some prints to add in. Um, there's a digital bundle that includes digital copies of some, some other work uh, in addition to this book, like uh, uh, Seth's novel and Megan's novel and a, a short story collection that I'm putting out a little bit later this year also. Oh, nice. Um, so that's your, that's your primary things uh higher level um we include a blu-ray of butterfly kisses um signed also along with the books all the books are going to be signed nice. um that by at least five creators but possibly more since we've got so many of them here local in baltimore um 
we've got a big, you know, get a lot of stuff thing where you can get copies of physical copies of lots of the books. Um, that's, that's the primary setup in the words. We also got, uh, um, a custom memory stick, which will include, uh, uh, content as yet to be decided. Um, one of the things that will include is the audio story of, uh, my piece the uh, in the court of the yellow king which has already been recorded mm -hmm. um but depending on how the kickstarter goes down the road um if we hit certain levels we may fund audio versions of the rest of the book in which case that would be included on the uh, on the memory stick along with some graphics nice i think um all the just all those other books and and the, these these little extras are worth the the investment to to come and back this project oh yeah I, you know, personally, I think this book alone is worth the investment to come back, back to the project, mm -hmm. but, I, but I've read it. You know, the stories, <laughs> all, all the stories are in hand, and it's, it's got some just amazing, amazing stuff in it. So uh, what is it? Is there something here that we haven't uh, touched about, something we haven't talked about as far as uh, in the blink of the eye? Um, I think we pretty much covered the book. Uh, it's... Um, I think it's important maybe to mention that it's that we're looking at an entirely independent project here. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a major publisher behind it. Obviously, we're on Kickstarter, but all of the all of the artists, both local and uh, and abroad, um, are are independent creators. They're all working on their own stuff, and they're all coming together to uh, to try to support this project. Um, and and the design. I mean, even if you can't contribute, come look at the Kickstarter page. The work Ilan has put into designing this page itself is a work of art. Some of the graphics that he's put together. Mm -hmm. um, well, even the, 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 the tears, um, they tie into the movie, and then you can see the Blink Man coming towards you as you can see the different tears. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite design elements, actually. Um, and then we've got some really cool stuff set up to be revealed as we get to, to certain levels. Oh, that's cool. And... Uh, so yeah, so guys, if you can help back this project, go ahead and do it. I would recommend it. If you can't back the project for any reason, I would say just um, share it. That's the best way to help these projects. I've said it in the, in the um, past episodes for other projects. Sharing is the best way to get these um, these projects uh, out and into the you know to to that people who who maybe not even hear about it will see it and then you know possibly throw some money to help get this project funded yeah the yeah. more the more eyeballs we get to see it the better off just are. don't blink yes <laughs> <laughs> oh that reminded me of doctor who <laughs> uh, eric hates that don't say that <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, he's well, not already said it <laughs> he's not a doctor who fan and, and I'm, I'm not sure if he was aware of that catchphrase before uh, before he made the movie but he does not like it being brought up <laughs> Don't listen to that part, Eric. <laughs> we, we, we cut it out, but we can't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would so say, I was gonna say, I would say, people like like we said before too, go watch the movie if you haven't seen this. You go watch it and get hungry. Yeah, it's this thing. It, it's really an absolutely brilliant film. I I met Eric uh, late last year. We were doing a, a signing at a comic book store. I was I had a graphic novel out called Wicked Little Town. Uh, and uh, and he was signing copies of his movie, and we hit it off, and we did that thing where you, you meet a creator, and you kind of each buy each other's stuff, and yeah. not, I'll take it home, give you a review, or whatever. And most of the time I have done that in my life, I've ended up hating 
the other work. <laughs> you know, I, I actually dread running into that person again because because I don't want to tell them that, that their work was terrible. And uh, I got home and I, I sat down with my wife that weekend and we watched it. And I, I remember looking over at her about half, a half hour into it and going, this really doesn't suck. And by right? the way, we're like, damn, that was good. It, it really, really, it's even got a jump scare that you know is coming. You can see it coming and it gets mm-hmm. you anyway. And every single person I've shown this movie to, and I've shown it to a lot of people since I've seen it, um, they, they're hardcore horror addicts and they sit down, they're, they're waiting for the jumpster and they're waiting for the jumpster and it comes and they still leap out of their seats. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, no, definitely one of those, those flicks where you're like, you're, you're, you question at first when you put it in, you you question yourself and then you're watching it and you do have that moment of like, I'm actually really enjoying this. And then at a moment you're yelling at the T at the characters because you're like, why are you so dumb? What are you doing? <laughs> it's the, just, it, it's structurally so much more complex than it appears to be on the yes, first glance. Yes. It draws in. <laughs> most things that try to get that complicated, when you finish, you're left with a lot of questions and a lot of loose ends. And this mm-hmm. doesn't have that. Every, every question you can think of is answered on screen at some point. It, yeah, well, there's, Eric there's no- actually reached out to me to, to possibly review the movie. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take a look at it. I have, I have Amazon Prime. And then, like, I think I was only, like, 15, 20 minutes in, and I sent it to to Greg. Greg, you got to watch yeah. this. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, yes, this is really, really good. <laughs> yeah, he wrote he wrote the screenplay to that in about seven days. Wow. Which still amazes me that you could, tur- you could put together something that, that, that's that complex. I'd yeah. be here with, with charts and spreadsheets for a month <laughs> trying to get it done to all line up perfectly and he just throws it together in seven days <laughs> yeah i know you're right because it does have a lot of inter- intersections that you you have to like you know boxes you have to check to get from this point to that point in the story but he uh, he all pulled it off <laughs> i mean I, in- i've worked with with narrative complexity before my my background is actually more more than a horror i, I write uh, mystery Ah. Um, so when you're plotting a, uh, a, you know, a murder mystery with eight suspects and a detective mm-hmm. running around, you've got to be really careful with every little plot thread and set up things in advance. And so I'm used to the whole spreadsheet and the, <laughs> and the notes and everything else to make sure you get to the right place and lay the right clues. Yeah. And it, it's not an easy thing to do. I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anything else that you're working on that you'll want, want us to go ahead and, and make sure we, we talk about? Yeah, let's talk. Um, this book is the first book coming out from a, a label that my wife and I are starting called Roxton Press. Um, we've, we're enjoying the process of putting it out so much that we're going to go ahead and become a publisher. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so cool. we've, we've got a few other things in the pipeline. There's another book tied to Butterfly Kisses that I can't tell you anything about yet, but it's coming oh, no. <laughs> secret book um i've got a i'm working with eric he did eric's working on uh writing for ain't it cool news now mm-hmm. and he recently did a, a a collection of 31 columns on the star wars franchise uh, oh. and we're going to collect that in a book with some new material and put it out around the time of the new movie later this year yeah i, I did see that uh, it was um during the the month of the anniversary right Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third, third, May. The, yes. The May, mm-hmm. the May. May the fourth be with you thing. 
<laughs> um, and I've also I've got a collection of my short stories, which are uh, you know kind of spread across a dozen different genres, um, called Slight of Mind, which will be out uh, later this year, probably Octoberish. And uh, how about passworks? Um, anything that we can look look for? Anything that you want to have us? Um, Wicked little town. Wicked little Wicked. town is is on Amazon. Um, it is a graphic novel uh, illustrated by a, a a really cool artist named Keith Perkins out of Maine, um, and it is a murder mystery set in Dodge City in the Old West, <laughs> Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday as the detectives solving the mystery. I'm looking that up right now. Actually, this sounds pretty cool. It's that that came about. Um, from a conversation in a bar, actually, uh, I was sitting in a bar on a Saturday afternoon and there was an old, uh, Western playing on TV and I was talking to the guy next to me and we're talking about how all you ever see in Westerns are gunfights and the characters we're looking at, they're sheriffs or marshals or whatever. They're the law enforcement. Yeah. So if you had a murder that you didn't know who did it, these are the guys who'd be out there trying to solve it. Okay. So that just kind of sparked the whole idea. <laughs> Instead of going there, gun, guns blazing at everybody they meet. Yeah. Yeah. It's it set. It's set. It's set a couple of years before uh, the film Tombstone. If uh, if you guys have seen that. Yeah. So oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's when Earp was in Dodge City before he moved on to Arizona. I did find that. I did find that a wicked little town. Uh, yeah, that sounds that that sounds up the alley of a couple of folks we know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always jumped around in genre. I, I find genre definitions constraining at best, mm -hmm. um, and I always find it more interesting to, to to play with, you know, I guess the divisions between them more than than working in a, in a specific genre itself. It, it gives you the ability to like branch out and to really just kind of like spread your wings as a as a creator and and give people different samples of of all the all the things that you have inside your head, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I find the way we we define genre in a very very bizarre way, in a way we don't define anything else. Mm. If you think about it, we've got we got horror, which is an emotional feeling, mm -hmm. right? But then we have science fiction, which is Story elements, time period. We mm -hmm. have Western, which is about the setting. Yeah. You know, we have mystery, which is about a plot device. We're not, each genre, we're not describing the same thing with the word that we're using. Uh -huh. And imagine, you know, when we define colors, we're talking about colors. When we define anything, we're usually talking about, you know, the same thing with each definition. In genre, we're not doing that. And it all seems kind of arbitrary, and that's why you get so much cross between them. Mm -hmm. you know, where, where do you put alien? So horror movies or a science fiction film? <laughs> I, I I consider that a, a a slasher film. Well, but it's a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because mm -hmm. it is it is science fiction. It is set in the future. It is set in space. But it is a horror story. You've got a monster. I mean, you could also call it a ghost story. It's a, the alien functions really almost as a haunted house piece. Mm -hmm. I saw. I found time. your your Amazon page here. Um. See something else called Dead at Five. Dead at Ooh. Five is a single. It's a Kindle single. It's a short story mystery. 
um, with a uh, kind of a classic throwback. It's meant to feel like a Nero Wolf or a Sherlock Holmes thing. It's oh. it's got the classic ending where everybody gets gathered together in the parlor and they do the reveal. Uh-huh. Uh, Nero Wolf stuff is. Yeah, Nero Wolf is very much the uh, the inspiration for it. It's about a husband and wife detective team, uh, Jul- Julian and Melanie West. Okay, yeah, you're speaking my language, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the All other right. thing you'll see on there, uh, neither wind nor thunder, but the rain is a is an ebook short story collection. Um, parenthetically speaking, is a is a collection of short stories and columns that were written for the internet. Most of those short stories those collections will be kind of superseded by the new one coming out. Everything in there plus more material will be in sleight of mind. Mm. All right. Now, I've asked you, I asked you this already, but I want to make sure that we cover everything we need to cover. Um, Anything else that we need to mention, anything else that we want to go ahead and plug. Um, Do you have any other, other podcasts that you're appearing on or any other episodes you're appearing on? Um, Nothing scheduled. Right now, um, I did uh, Kick-Ass Thunder Dudes uh, a couple of weeks back, um, and I did something from, uh, I believe, HorrorNews.net last night. But that's all I've got scheduled. But guys, I'm available. Give me a call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let, me, let me plug a, little, a couple other people here real quick. Seth Adam Callick, who plays Gavin in Butterfly Kisses, that's one of the stories in the book here. Mm-hmm. He's got a book on Amazon um, called American Nightmare, which is zombies and, and horror stuff in the old west it's got doc, Ho- doc holiday and wyatt Earp too but it also has zombies nice. um megan morgan's book is online on amazon uh it's called the altered wake it's the first in a series of four books and it's uh kind of a blend of hunger games and the x-men it's it's young adult science fiction it's really, uh, really interesting stuff um sounds cool matt lake uh you mean you see his books in the film but uh, Weird Maryland and Weird Pennsylvania are still available online. But he's got an awful, lot, an awful lot of other little collections out there, stuff like Dead of Summer, Dead of Winter. And if you look him up on Amazon, you'll find some really cool stuff from him. I remember um, seeing uh, Weird Pennsylvania, or Weird, I think it was in Weird Maryland. Um, I, I, I think he even has Weird New Jersey or something like that, right? Um, yes, he worked, on, he worked on Weird New Jersey, I believe, too. I think he co-authored that, I think. Um, and oh. worked on a couple other books for the weird, but the, the weird was a big publishing thing. So there were other states done that he wasn't involved yeah. in, but he did the most of the the stuff around this area here. Um, Patrick Stork's stuff is mostly out of print right now, as far as collections you can order. But but that Muppet Sherlock Holmes is worth getting anyway, even if you have to pay the high prices to get it. I, I probably actually have this this <laughs> that run. <laughs> Because um, I, I collect all the weird stuff, so. Yes, <laughs> yes. Shelley Wygant's book *Haunted Ellicott City* is uh, available online. It's it's a very good book of the history of folklore in the area that Blink Man takes place in, um, uh, and there is a chapter on the Blink Man right in there. Really? Yeah, yeah. He cool. he does appear in the book <laughs> *Haunted Ellicott <laughs> City*. Um, is that everybody's books out there? Uh, Steve Toast. Um, is appearing in this year's best horror of the year. He's actually got two stories that were nominated and put into that book. Um, so if you look up best horror of the year for, for 2019, it's 2018 stories published in 2019 for the, horror, the best health collection. Um, and those are both excellent stories. Will, Will, William Cooper has a lot of stuff available on uh, Amazon as well. Um, mostly 
Kindle singles. So you can get a great little horror story for like 99 cents or $1.99, something like that. Uh-huh. And then Jacob Ledoux stars in 8-Ball Clown, which is another film available on Amazon right now. I'll make sure to go ahead and, and um, provide all the links there. To, uh, Thank you. That I that I have here, and if you have any additional links, you can make sure to send them over to me. I'll, I'll put them in the description here, so that uh, people can also find not only the the Kickstarter, but the uh, different you know projects for everyone who's yeah. involved in this project. And of course, Eric's Eric's Butterfly Kisses is on Amazon Prime. We already said that his previous film uh, Roulette, which is a very different kind of movie, but also excellent, is available on Amazon Prime as well. Um, and you can find him writing stuff for Ain't It Cool News. Pretty much every week. In fact, he's got a new, new series of articles coming about on the history of the Spider-Man films. That's supposed to be starting oh. next week, I think. Hmm. Nice. I'm, I'll make sure to tune into that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, if you um, if you guys want to go ahead and and um, help back this project, I said, like I said, um, I would recommend it. Go ahead and click on the description link in the description, and it'll take you right to the Kickstarter. Um, once again, share it if you can't help. That way, you're helping even if you can't back it. You're still helping get that that to um, to other people. Um, get it out. Get it out there. I want to go ahead and thank thank you all for joining us, and I want to thank you, you Patrick, for for um, you know taking the time to to talk to us about the, about in the blink of an eye and uh, let us know how how everything's going and yeah. um, any other news that you may have coming up in, in the future. I will do, and thanks for having me on, guys. It was our pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see you guys next time, and um, like I said, next time we'll be reviewing Summer of '84. See you guys. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.